Indeed. What if I had the power to gather all of my favorite MCs with the illest comic book characters and they became arch enemies? Inconceivable, unbelievable, yet as wild as it seems, the Emperor and Stan Lee will coach the two opposing teams. Keep it clean, no bats, no gats, guns, or interference. Comic book characters will go head up with raw lyrics. Now I take whoever might be on break from doing tours and have them sign up for the last Emperor's secret war. Sure, for that kind of capacity, we need a crazy margarina that might stretch from West Philadelphia to East Medina. If I'm able, I'd put it on pay-per-view through my label and give free tickets to my neighborhood bums with no cable. Yeah, that sounds fat. Now that we've squared away the propositions, let's begin with the ultimate tough man competition. Set it off, it's the fight of the century. KRS and Professor X will battle each other mentally with rhymes. These two team captains waste no time. Charles Xavier tried to invade Chris Parker's mind. He shot a cerebral probe at Chris's mind, but he missed it. Professor X taken out by the Blastmaster's metaphysics. Round two, new fight, words of life, you gotta see this. Welcome like back the to the Comic Book History 101 podcast. Uh, Brandon and Old Man Wade are back. And it's been a few weeks, but we are back for another episode of Talking Comics. Uh, and today, our main topic is going to be talking about um, Volume 1 of The Boys. Since the Netflix, I mean, the Amazon show just released this week, we decided to go back and start rereading all the volumes. And today, we're going to start with Volume 1. Uh, but before we get into that, we're going to just uh, kick the shit and talk a little bit about what we've been reading. But before that, uh, how you been, man? I'm doing freaking groovy, man. Everything's awesome. Uh, some changes in my life have been going on, and instead of being scared about it, I'm just trying to embrace it and then just move with it. Good, 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 man. Changes. I know all about that coming out here cross country five, six months ago. So the changes can, can be scary sometimes, but, you know, sometimes you just have to embrace it. Yeah, man. It's um, but it's also been it's well, like you said, you know, it's it is kind of scary though. You know, you know what I mean? I've been at this particular job for fifteen years, so um, oh, I haven't. Excuse been, me, what? Yeah, I've been at this job for fifteen years. Wow. <laughs> yeah, man. I can't um, imagine so, that. Um. You know what happened? You know how it is. Like, uh, but you may not know uh, specifically, but like, you kind of get complacent and you get comfortable with uh with what you're doing. You start getting good at it, and then I just recently got a promotion, and I was like, "All right, cool, I can stick with it." And then some um some shenanigans happened with a former coworker who I've never worked with someone so great in my life. And when she left, I got stuck with some dude that I'll talk to you about off air. Um, and it's made my life kind of like hellish but on the flip side of that it's made me uh get really into my writing and like drown my depression and my anxiety in like my work and it's it has actually made my writing a lot better so that's also a plus that's good that's good uh so yeah i i wish the best man i think it's gonna work out i think it's gonna work out five year plan and i'm moving to the west coast that's me and my wife keep saying five years all right. So, uh, what else has been going on? What's what you been up to reading wise? Oh man! <laughs> In my efforts to not buy food when I get like when I'm like bored or if I'm angry in the overnights, I've um switched it around and started buying comics because with the comicsology you get stuff on a discount, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I'm um I just finished um the Hulk the up to when he goes to hell. Oh, did you get through hell? Yes, I got through hell. What'd you and think? What'd you... 
it's legitimately as good as everyone makes it out to be, man. Mm-hmm. In everything that happens, like the, the the shocker of what happened to Betty um, to Betty Ross or Betty Banner, whatever you want to call her, and like that was like, yo, you've got to be kidding me with this. And then like finding out that there's more to this gamma radiation stuff than we know, um, and the fact that they're getting deep into this and the conversation he had with that reporter about anger was beautifully done. And, and yes, I, I shared that with like everybody that I could talk about because she because, you know, people are going to go, you know, it's SJW Marvel, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, mm, but that's that's like that's such like it's ridiculous as like the Hulk going to hell to fight like his dead dad and a bunch of other shit like that is like so real. Like that's like the, the idea that like because. All the shit the Hulk has done in his history, and people still treat him like he's a hero, and he is a hero. But he's also like killed like so many people, <laughs> destroyed so many cities, and it's always like, well, you know, he can't help it. He gets angry, and the, and the black woman reporter is basically like, yeah, I would love to get angry. What? <laughs> Why can't I get angry? And that was really really good to see. What do you um, think I, about how they're making it a, a complete and utter horror comic book? I love it. I love things that are different. I love when writers try to take a different swing at uh, characters that we know, which is why I didn't get all the hatred for Dan Slott when he made The Superior Spider-Man. It was like, let these creators try something different, because if you don't, all you're going to say is, oh, it's all the same shit, and blah, 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 blah. But then when someone tries something new, it's like, oh, why are you changing the stuff we're doing? It's like, yo just enjoy it or don't man like stop like you can't have it both ways man yeah and this one i was right al ewan's writing this it it's taking you on this journey it's making you care about the hawk like the hawk to me has always been this character like a tragic character but somebody i can only read for read about in short spurts like you know give me a planet hawk storyline or you know something quick you know, you know, seven issues, ten issues, twelve issues. Tell the story, and then let the Hulk move on, or he's on a team, because you know the Hulk was kind of a one-note character, and this book has just brought this new, like this new point of view on like just how frightful and scary like the Hulk is, and everything around him, and surrounding the gamma rays and gamma radiation, and they've done some really cool things like with um, Sasquatch and what happened to him. And just get, just exploring the idea of gamma radiation in the Marvel universe, which I think is going to go even further. And I haven't been I haven't been caught up on um um re- what is it War Realms? But I feel like does this have anything to do with what's going on in War Realms? Because I know you're probably caught up. Uh, no, it actually has nothing to do with War Realms. It's a it's a completely separate thing. And I hope it, I don't even to my knowledge, the only hope we're getting you got in War Realms was uh. Uh, Jennifer Walters. You're not getting like Bruce Banner in this, which I think is great because I think what he's got going on, it wouldn't make sense for him to actually be in the war realms. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I could understand mm-hmm. like if he was like you know going on his walk and then a uh, frost giant killed him, and then he goes back and destroys another frost giant. Then cool, but to have him tied into this at all would just seem kind of weird. Yeah. So uh, what else you been reading? Um, I actually, if you want to do a little throwback, I got into, after I finished Uncanny X-Men, 
I decided to go back and start reading Amazing Spider-Man by uh, J. Michael Straczynski because I love that series, man. So I decided to go with a run-through on that, and it's still just as good as I remember it. And it's one of those books that if you read it a couple times, like you still find out these new things. You still find you still um, see little jokes you may have missed, or <clears throat> or you're like kind of like reading it, and you can actually really focus into it. You pick up on other things, and it's it's a really good journey on everything. And it was a I would say probably a really classic Spider-Man story because he was it was still the Parker luck. It was still dealing with uh, his relationship with Mary Jane, trying to be a teacher. Uh, Aunt May coming to terms when she found out that like who he was. So there was a lot of the series that I absolutely enjo- enjoyed, and and I like classic. And I think the X-Men story by uh, that uh, Matt Rosenberg did kind of took me on his on his um thing of like you know what I love stories like this. Let me go revisit some of the classics that I actually enjoyed. Okay, so have you been reading any DC? Uh, I'm still catching up on a lot of DC. I'm slowly catching up on Batman. I just finished uh, the Batman run. I actually have it right here. I tried, decided to be professional and pull up all the stuff that I've been reading. Um, Batman, uh, Tom King's Batman. This one I think is called The Tyrant with uh, the Penguin. So Why I do just you like finished... Tom King's Batman because I love it. Oh, The Tyrant Wing. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it, man. Like He's just... And I got to the point where, and this is this one came out in March, so I'm still I'm getting I'm slowly building up to um, the current series. But watching Batman become so obsessed with Bane that like he punched Commissioner Gordon, I was like, oh, okay, we're doing this. And then like Gordon smashes the uh, the bat signal, and it's a, and it's like oh that they're really Bane actually is really breaking this dude down on a mental and a, like on a mental level and i'm mm-hmm. wondering what's going how happen? yeah and how he because you know he's got to win like you know what i mean but right now bane's like gotcha, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so like as of now like that's what it is so that's what i've been, what I've been rocking with with dc and i'm also uh still reading uh red hood and outlaws it's one of the probably one of three or four books that i'm actively like looking i look forward to every month okay have you started reading naomi Oh, I'm done with that, man. I've I've been on Naomi since month two. Like that was so beautiful. okay. I think I'm one behind. What are we on six now? Yeah, six. So yeah, I'm one behind. I'm on five. So yeah, I need to read six. Um, I've been real busy working on this comic book. Speaking of comic books, I'm doing an app that takes like comic book characters and has them fight. And the most surprising, and I, when I was going through a bunch of tests on it, the most surprising result in that app was uh, Cassandra Kane beating Batman. And Wait. then when I thought about it, I said, actually, that's not that surprising. <laughs> that's not that surprising. Uh, her, huh? it's very, her fighting style is um, not something Batman is used to, to mm-hmm. going up against. It's one of the reasons why I think Bane, he has such an uh, issue with Bane is because Bane is a lot more rough. Uh, same thing with the Joker. Like, he can't really get a pattern on exactly what they're doing. You know what I mean? And with Cassandra Kane and what I've noticed from just like the little bit that I've read, she's unlike a lot of people, man. Like she's a very she's like she's military, so she has a, she has a very uh, I guess strategic way of fighting. Like you know what I mean? As opposed to Batman, it's a little more fluid, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, that's exactly right. Uh, a couple bullshit ones like um, they had Batman beating Storm, and I was like, get the fuck out of here. Batman's not beating Storm. 
Um, but I think I mean it's my algorithm. I try. I just did a simple algorithm. I didn't do like weighted stuff. They, I basically got an API with these power stats. So it gave all the superheroes power stats on the scale from zero to a hundred. And so it's like combat, intelligence, raw power, speed, strength, uh, and like uh, something else. Combat skills. It's, it's like five or six of them. And so I just did a simple thing of like, um, um, I just did a simple thing of just adding up the total score and whoever had the highest score wins. Now, when I go back, I just did this for a project, but when I go back and really want to finalize it, I'm going to like weight certain things more than others and see what see if I can get a really, really accurate vision of that. Uh, but it's been really cool uh, doing that. But um, I need to catch up on Naomi. I need to catch up on The Flash. I've been really enjoying The Flash. They just did, like, Flash Year One, which has been interesting. Um, what else in D.C.? Um, Batman. Huh? Now I was going to say the good thing about Naomi is mm-hmm. – um, Issue six is the last one for, I think, another six months. So they're taking, oh, a, they're taking a break? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, why'd you have to tell me that? <laughs> what? Well, what, 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 did I spoil something? No, I'm just mad. <laughs> I love that book. You know what other book is good? I don't know if you've read it. Wonder Twins. You actually have been telling me a lot about that, and I and I think I'll get into that because they're probably doing the same thing with the Wonder Twins, doing like six issues and then done. So I think once I'm um once I get a little extra money, um I try to spend all my like writing money on like comic books for research and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that I'll probably catch up on that next. Yeah, the Wonder yeah, the- Twins book has been like low key, like super woke. Like it's been talking about like police brutality and racism and a whole bunch of stuff in that book like it's you would think it's just like some silly book because the wonder twins everybody thinks about the wonder twins but it's been really deep um i'm one episode i mean what is she behind on that green lantern is crazy as fuck i mean grant morrison writing a space cop is just insane um and it's you know i thought it would be better though it's not it's good it's not great i thought i was expecting to be great but i think he might get there uh, in the book, I'm still enjoying Batgirl. I'm still mad at DC for what they did to Dick Grayson. Like, is it yeah. just like fuck Dick Grayson on every median? It was like my favorite character, and they screwed him over in Titans. And then he's not in the DCEU. Thank you. At least I'll I'll take that. We're not ruining him there yet. And then they they just he doesn't even know he's a hero. Like he doesn't know he's like like what? Like did, have you been have you seen what happened what they did with Nightwing? Yeah, I actually just finished that series with um, uh, what's his name, KG Beast, right? Yes, yes. I th- when I read that, I was like, "Oh, this is what Brandon was talking about. This is stupid." <laughs> and it was like the build up towards it. It was like they it, I t- and fuck Tom King for doing this, man, because he like had this whole thing where like Dick Grayson's really consoling uh, Bruce, and they're really having a heart to heart, and it seems like he's reaching them, and then. Bang. You y'all are killing me with this man. Yeah. Uh so what about Marvel? What have you been reading Marvel? Uh actually I was gonna tell you something else I've been reading for Bat for DC. Oh, I okay. just finished I just finished volume one of Batgirl and um The Birds of Prey. I um, just the, from um Rebirth? 
yes. Okay. What'd I just think? finished. Um, I I liked it. It's good. Um, and I like Huntress, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back and probably continue that. I just finished all of Green Lanterns with um, Jessica Cruz and Simon. Oh, and Simon Bass. Yeah, mm. I like that more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed that. The Green Lantern, how Jordan the Green Lantern Corps was good, except for like you had the stomach uh, EVS doing the drawings for that, and you know Ethan Van Scriver's trash. Um, <laughs> But the book was good, so it was like, uh, and John Stewart was in the book, and so I'm like, I want to read John Stewart. Uh, but yeah, that was good. Um, that ended though. Did you see the issue uh, number thirty five? I have that somewhere around here, and I need to get that frame, even though it's not going to be worth that much money. They basically have Hal, Kyle, Guy, and John on the cover, and they're all standing there holding up the four fingers like the four horsemen in wrestling. Oh. Dope. No, I haven't seen that. Yes, it's uh, Greenlanders. Hal Jordan, the Greenlander Core, number 35. It's such a dope cover. Um, it's really cool. Um, yeah, I think for DC, oh, yeah. for me. Oh, have you been? Have you ever? I know you're a Bendis guy. Have you read any of Bendis' Superman? Nah. Um, I'm trying to ease my way into reading Superman. I'm on. Actually, I can tell you right now. I am on. DC Comics Rebirth, Action Comics, um, Men of Steel Volume Three. So I'm reading the one where uh, Clark is still coming to terms with um, Luthor not being the uh, guy from his original Earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm starting to enjoy this, and I'm starting to really get why everyone really likes Superman, as opposed to like being that guy who was just like, "Oh, fuck Superman, he's blah blah blah," blah. and it's like, "Yeah, he's all powerful and all that." But he's actually way more, he's way better than people give him credit for if you actually like read him. Yeah, he is. Like they may make a joke about you know, everyone jokes about Superman's boring, but And he is sometimes. I'm not don't get me wrong, he is sometimes. But if you get the right writers, um, like Dan Jurgens, uh, you know, certain writers that write Superman is really good. Other people they just, you know, he's just, you know, a goody two shoes white guy who, you know, does everything right. And it's like, oh, that's not interesting. <laughs> so I do like that. Um, all right, let's get to Marvel. What have you been reading at Marvel? I just finished Scotty Young's uh, um, version of Deadpool, which I thought was really good. Uh, it went. Okay, hold on, hold on. So I haven't read Deadpool in a long time. So I heard he went through a really dark time. Is that true? Oh, God. Um, I don't know if Dark Time is it the, um, accurately describes what he went through. So I'll be, I can be brief about this. Uh, Jerry Duggan wrote a series of Deadpool, which was easily the best series of Deadpool anybody, anybody has ever written. Because he actually understood exactly what it is to be Deadpool. It's not just the jokes. There's a lot of layers to him. He's actually deeper than people give him credit for. He's actually a lot smarter than people give him credit for. So he does keep you with the goofy stuff and all the silliness that comes with Deadpool. But what he also does is give you more than that. So what he did was in his first run of it, he gave Deadpool everything he wanted. He found out he had a kid. He got the, he was an Avenger. He got the respect of Captain America and Wolverine. Um, like he was the most popular superhero in the world. Everybody loved him. And like he had like, family like not just like like not just his daughter but he came across some people who really became like family to him and it was like everything he wanted and then they just literally took it all away 
<laughs> in like in like one fell swoop, what he lost. To him? Him. Um, I I'm not gonna say because I think you should read it because, okay. but it has a lot to do. Some of it has to do with him following evil Steve Rogers, and because Deadpool loves Captain America so much, he grew up idolizing him. If Captain America told him to do something, he did it. And one of the things he told him to do was kill Phil Coulson. So what? Yeah, but this was evil Steve Rogers. So oh, he, it was Steve. Okay. okay. Yeah, Steve Rogers. So we didn't he didn't notice at the time. So like you know what I mean? So even though he was told to do it and ordered by someone who had the authority to do it, he was still like they were still like, oh well, it's still Deadpool, and now we have a reason to go after him. Um then he makes a deal with Stripe in a previous in a previous um series to save his daughter's life. But then he told then for Stripe told him you're going to have to kill three people for me. First one he had to kill was Cable. Then he had to kill Genesis, um, Ethan. Uh, is it Ethan? I think his name's Ethan. Um, but he was like, he had, they were making him kill people who he really like loved, people that he wouldn't even dream of like killing. And he got, it got so bad to him that he was trying to kill himself. He put a million dollar bounty out on him. And Deadpool, not Deadpool, uh, Bullseye and Taskmaster teamed up and was like, all right, well, fuck it, we'll split it. And then when they found out that it was Deadpool who put the hit on himself, it was like, yeah, this is gross. We're not killing you. <laughs> and so they ended up not killing him because he's like, you know, it ain't worth, it's not worth the money. And so he couldn't even pay people to kill him, kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So when it came down to it, at the end of it all, he finds a way to erase every good memory he's ever had. Oh, oh, god. god! Yeah, it was fuck. It, it got. It was. And you're looking at this. You're going, oh, there's no way this ends. Like he loses his wife. Like it was just. Like I said, man, it was. It was a really good series. Jerry Duggan wrote a, an incredible Deadpool series, man. I and I highly recommend it. And one of the best Deadpool arcs ever, I think, was uh, called "The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly." And it really, it's. It was it was it was tough when you realize everything that was happening and everything that happened to him, in a, and where things would be going forward. All right, what else? Oh, shit, what else am I reading? Um, <laughs> like I spend a lot of time like on public transportation. Are you caught up like, on Miles Morales? I am not. I think I'm two issues behind on that. Okay, I'm really enjoying that. Um, uh, have you read Amazing Spider-Man with uh, Nick Spencer? No, I haven't read any of that yet. That book's really good. I love Nick Spencer. He's literally one of my favorite writers. Um, he he knows the characters that he writes about, and he's brought the he's kept the he's struck that balance with Peter with the silliness and fun of Spider Man, along with like the tragedy and the terrible shit that happens to Peter all the time. And you need that balance. You can't lean too much on either side with Peter. Yeah. Uh, so having that balance consistently is really, really, really good. Um, I I told Old Man Wade that we're not going to talk about House of X because I'm super mad that I haven't read it yet. Um, I didn't get to go to the store to pick it up when it came out. I went to the comic book store the other day, and he's like, we're all out of it, and I was just angry. So <laughs> I have to get number one digitally, and I'll just I'll buy it today and read it. I had to get over my anger first, but I am. I did want to finish Uncanny X Men before I started reading that. Uh, so I think I'm 
two issues back. So I think I'm going to finish those two issues and then read House of X. But how did you like how Uncanny X-Men finished up? I thought the series was good. I thought it was... I thought uh, Matt Rosenberg gave us a little bit of everything, but I think they told him, just go in there and have fun. And he went and did that. He gave us a lot of really dramatic moments. Um, but it's funny that I've never seen so many people so divided about a series. I've, I've yet to meet anyone who just said, oh, it's okay. It's either they love it or they absolutely hate it. And the things people have been saying to this dude on Twitter has been absolutely disgusting, but also kind of... What do people not like about it? Uh, I was like, oh, fuck you for killing this person. Fuck you for doing this. And it was like, dog, it's a comic book. Relax. Like, you know what I mean? I know he actually did get some backlash um, for something that happened to Wolfsbane because people interpreted that, and maybe he even said it, that he was using Wolfsbane as an um, example of uh, transgender phobia. And people took offense to that. I didn't really get, I don't really want to get into it because I don't, like, I'm not someone, I'm not a transgender person. So I can't say whether it was right or wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I know he did get some slack for that. And he did apologize for anything that he, any, um, um, I guess, and for any, like, um, harm or he may have caused anybody reading this. So, you know what I mean? Because, you know, even good intentions can come off wrong. You know what I mean? So, um, I know that was something people didn't like that what was that? Uh, they didn't like what they did with Cyclops they didn't like the way it was more team oriented it was but I don't know man it I liked it there were some things I didn't really I wasn't really feeling but then as you go on you find out that it wasn't necessarily all his thoughts you're like okay this this makes sense so he wrote a story and people are just taking bits and pieces off of it as opposed to just like you know you got to give people time to actually complete a story I'm going to go back. I actually have it queued up, and I'm going to go back and read it probably this week just so I can, like, read it for fun as opposed to, like, reading it for, like, reviews. But I'm I'm completely into it, so I'm with it. What do you think about it? Uh, like I said, I still got two issues left, but I really like it. I really like what they did with Nathan uh, Summers, X-Men from the – I mean, Nathan Gray from um, the Age of Apocalypse story, like, time frame. That was yeah. really interesting how they treated him. Um, I love, I just got a kick out of the old school, early 90s uniforms. Um, that was just kind of cool to me. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like, I'm a big X-Men guy. I've been, I dropped out of the X-Men, you know, four or five years ago. Six, maybe four or five, six years ago. And then I got back, no, longer than that. I got back on the X-Men when they did all new X-Men. And they brought the X-Men back from the... Uh, 60s back to the past and I really enjoyed that and I, you know the X-Men has been really good since then to me they've been telling some really cool stories and um, I cannot wait to see what Hickman Hickman is, my, Hickman is my favorite writer and so my favorite writer is writing my favorite characters so that's going to be great for me um, I'm super me, excited you are um, then you are going to love House of X that's all I'm going to say about it um, and I'm just going to leave it at that. I think you're going to absolutely enjoy it. Uh, me and Javi have spent a, spent a couple of days talking about it and, like, really embracing everything that Hickman's been doing. You know, I think the problem is with Hickman, and I don't think uh, people don't understand, and this goes back to me talking about people who are actually writing stories. He, like, um, Secret Wars. People hated Secret Wars. And I'm reading it, and I'm like, eh, it was okay. But then I went back and read it as, like, a trade and just read it straight through, and I'm like, this is phenomenal. Like, you know what I mean? Some, writer, some writers are better off writing graphic novels and some stories are better off being written as, like, complete arcs. 
I think Secret Wars is one of those things that should have been a complete arc. Um, House of X is one of those things where like, I feel people are going to be anticipating this. Um, I'm not sure if it's weekly or monthly, but people are going to really be looking forward to this. And it's when you finish, when you when you read it tonight, um, shoot me up, shoot me an IM so we can discuss it. Because I because I think a friend of mine told me you read it like six times. <laughs> so I've gone through it twice. It's it's damn good. I heard it's I heard it's just fantastic. Um, what else have I been reading in Marvel? Um, Ironheart. Uh, I still like Ironheart. Um, love Riwi. Um, Captain America with Tana Hasi Coates. Everyone should be reading that. It's fantastic. Thank you. I need to, uh, uh, thank you for reminding me. I'm going to add that to my wish list right now. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, he's really hit his stride in the comic books. Um, the Black Panther in space is like Wakanda in space is unbelievable. And now Captain America is really good. Like he like the first I enjoyed the first Black Panther run, but it was really wordy. He was trying to tell these complex stories and sometimes it took him long to get to his point. Uh, but by yeah. the end, it ultimately was a good series. But I think in the second run of Black Panther and Captain America, He's fully understood that he's gotten the gist, uh, uh, gist of the comic book genre and how to tell stories in six issue arcs, and it's really good, really, really good. He's he's hitting his stride, and I'm really excited about uh, his future in in writing. Um, I wanted to start reading some of these ancillary books. Like uh, I saw that there was a Superior Spider Man book uh, out. I saw that. Um, Bobby's been raving about how good that uh, Superior Spider-Man book is, and he sent me some clips, and I've been seeing a lot of uh, people posting about like his growth, and I was like, "Fuck, I think I do need to get this." Yeah, see, I heard that was good, so I want to. I kind of want to read some of these some other books. I heard the Guardians of the Galaxy has a new team again. Um, I heard the Thanos miniseries was really good. Uh, so I just, I need to, I want to start reading some of those uh, more, and I still want to get into uh some more image books so i listen to a podcast called comic geek speak and they do uh, a previews episode every month so they read they go through the entire previews catalog you know because it's like two months out and they go through each publisher so dark horse and dynamite and marvel and dc and image they go through all of them and talk about what's new and you know things like that and they always talk about like these interesting concepts and these books for image that are coming out and I never get them, and I really want to start getting some. And so I heard that Matt Fraction is coming out with a new book um, in a little bit, and I love Matt Fraction. Sex Criminals is really good. I've heard nothing but good things about that, and I loved his run of Uncanny X-Men. Oh, hold on. You loved his run on what? Uncanny X-Men. When did he write Uncanny X-Men? Who, Matt Fraction? Yeah, he wrote... um. He started. Da, 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 I feel like right before, right at, right around the what the heck was it? Um, Messiah Complex. Oh, okay, yeah. Have you you read Messiah? Complex, yeah, I've read right? Messiah Complex. I didn't know that was him. Yeah, no, not all of it. He wrote some of. I believe he wrote some of it. But if he didn't write some of it, then I know for a fact that he started with the. Um, actually, I have since I have my comicsology up, I can probably just tell you exactly what it was. He started with the here we go. Messiah Complex was written by book details. So it was 
of course, when I actually need the um, to know who wrote everything, like I'm not gonna know, right? <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty. I'm almost. I'm pretty sure that he was um, one of the writers on that too, because it was um, spread between four different books, four different writers. But I know after Messiah Complex, he wrote X Men, Uncanny X Men from 500. Oh, shit, maybe till about 550, 580, maybe, maybe even longer than that. But he wrote a really good run of um, Uncanny. He wrote a, wrote a really good run of Uncanny X Men, and one that wasn't. Uh, revolving around Wolverine. A lot of this had to do with Cyclops and how he was dealing with being this new leader. He also wrote all of the, uh, when um, they fought the Dark Avengers, that was all Matt Fraction. Okay, okay. I didn't know that was him. I should have yeah. known that. I feel like I should have known that. Um... Yeah. He's one of those dudes, man. If he's, um, he's one of those writers, if he if his name's on it, yeah, I'm with it. Um, he let's see. Actually, I got it right here. He wrote from two thousand. Oh no, Bendis wrote some of that too. Um, trying to find the exact run. It looks like it was Uncanny X Force. You know, one day I'll actually be a little more professional. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so it looks like he wrote from. Um, da, 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 da. Okay, so I'm looking at it now. So he started around. Choi Buck. All right. So he started with Uncanny X-Men 500. Nope, that was still Brobacker. Brobacker, Brobacker. All right. So he started around 504, and it looked like his last issue was around 534. So he did a good 34-issue run, and I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't anything like... It wasn't like, oh my god, this is so like incredible, but like he had Second Coming, which I think is probably my favorite comic book series of all time, uh, favorite crossover of all time. He wrote a bunch of stories like with Magneto. Like <laughs> there was a like Magneto comes out to um, Utopia and they're ready to fight, and he goes, "You misunderstand me. I didn't come here to fight Caesar." He takes his helmet off, drops to both his knees, puts his arms up, and goes, "I've come here to praise him." I was like, "Oh shit." And he was talking like directly to Cyclops, and I was like, "That was something I never think I'd see Magneto do." Have you ever read um, the Magneto um, solo series by Cullen Bunn? Um, that came out a was, couple years ago when he was losing his powers. I but, did not. Oh, that was you. Got to read that. It's so good. He's like losing his powers, but he's still Magneto, and he uh, is it's so good, man. That that book's one of my favorite books. It's so great. Um. All right, and so that's Marvel. So, uh, what do you, you got? Anything else in Marvel? Nah. Is this the cover where issue one? It looks like he's got a his helmet is like wrapped around barbed wire. Uh, what the Magneto book? Yes. I don't remember the cover. Let me see. Magneto. Who wrote? Who did you say wrote it? Cullen Bunn. Yep, I have it right here. So, Uncommonology Unlimited, and I'm buy, borrowing it right now. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that book's fantastic. Yeah, I just borrowed it, so I'll check that out. Uh, you got anything else from Marvel? Uh, off the top of my head, no. But um, other than the stuff that I've been talking about with uh, like Deadpool is real was really good. I recommend like anybody going out and giving that a shot. Uh, uh, House of X, obviously. 
uh, Miles Morales. I'm two issues behind on that, so I checked it out. Oh, here's an issue I think that everyone should check out. Uh, this will be like kind of like my single issue pick of the week. Wolverine, this was written in 2006. It was Wolverine number 41. It's uh, Black Panther asked uh, Wolverine for a favor. He needed him to get a kid out of um, out of this country because it was like just, he couldn't do that because he's the um, the king of Wakanda and he can't be seen, you know, meddling in other countries' affairs. Mm-hmm. But he he wanted this uh, little girl, this little baby girl to grow up and become the leader. But if, but they were trying to kill her, so that wasn't going to happen. So we sent Wolverine to go do it. And the artwork is, it's it's different. It's, ooh, the art artist is uh, C.P. Smith. I don't know if you know what it is. But Stuart Moore wrote this particular book. And it's actually kind of cool. Like, they show exactly, like, Wolverine, like, going in and doing what he does. But there's a lot of it, a lot of his, like, I can't do this because I don't want to kill these kids because, you know, they're just like stupid kids who were like brainwashed and becoming like criminals and soldiers and watching him just be this guy was, was a kind of a cool thing. Um, and it was, um, something that they bring back to when, um, Reggie Hudlin was on uh, writing black Panther and he goes, you did me a favor, something that I couldn't, something that me nor neither me nor anybody in my country could do. So I appreciate you for doing this. And this is why I like you're my brother. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So they brought it all back. And it starts off with this uh, really uh, dope quote, when two elephants fight in the grass, the grass suffers. And I was like, oh, that's pretty fucking cool. That is cool. So, so I, I highly recommend it. It's on Comixology. It's probably like three bucks or some shit like that. Did you read but, uh, Walking the co- Dead? No. Okay. I've yeah. read first maybe 60 issues. Yeah, I haven't read it in a long time, but I know it just randomly ended just out of nowhere. They even, yeah. Huh? <laughs> I saw that. It was just like out of nowhere. It was just like, and we're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kirkman was just like, yeah, I'm finished with this. So I can't imagine what crazy shit they're going to do on the show now with no. Uh, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> with, that's good. With no book to follow. I can't imagine the ridiculous stuff they're going to do um, on that show. Um, hold on. It was, I know I was looking something up. I wanted to see the name. Let's see. Matt. Yeah, he's writing a book called uh, November. It's called November. And it comes out in November. And it says, The lives of three women intersect in a dark criminal underground as fire and violence tears through their city. Over the course of a single day and night, they find that their lives are bound together by one man who seems to be the cause of all of it. One night, one city, three women. November, the first in a sequence of three graphic novels by Matt Fraction. It was like, that sounds awesome. <laughs> so uh, that's my birthday month, so if anybody wants to get me a gift. <laughs> and it's a, it's a graphic, it's three graphic novels, so it's three hardcovers, miniseries. Um, and if you get it on the website, uh, um, DCBS service is fifty percent off. So, I always tell people if you're tired of your local comic book shop and you want to, but you still want to get hard copy comics or books, DCBS every comic book they have on there is anywhere between thirty and seventy percent off every month. Um, and they ship them right to your house. And they can ship them biweekly, weekly, or monthly, however you want it. So it's really cool. 
soon as I as soon as I actually get a place where I can actually store some like more comic books, I'm gonna start doing that. Right. Or if I right. find one where like the um the artwork kind of like speaks to me, like I think I'm gonna get the hardcover of um Naomi just because I love the artwork, man. It was oh, the absolutely- artwork is beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's get into what we came here for. So <laughs> I've been telling people for a long time that I cannot believe that they're doing a television show on The Boys. And <laughs> the Boys have come out. The first season's out. They got renewed for a second season, and I still can't believe they're doing a television show on The Boys. I <laughs> and I've watched 20 minutes of the first episode and I'll probably watch the rest when my cousin gets here some more of it but it looks like they're doing The Boys on TV without and they're still going to be it looks like I haven't gotten that far but it looks like they're still going to be crazy like The Boys is crazy but not as egregious <laughs> as The Boys is and I could tell that from um, one of the first scenes, but before we get into that and everything involved in that, um, you have talked about many times about how many times you've read this series and how much you like this series. So just talk a little bit about um, the boys and what you like about it overall. All right. So here's my thing with the boys, um, and as you said, and, and while I wholeheartedly agree, it's and it's befuddling how they made a, a TV series out of a comic book that was so like vulgar and bloody and gory and just not politically correct on any conceivable level. But the thing about it is it actually told a story about, um, to, take a, to, to take a quote from the book, finding people, finding love, finding friendships, finding new family, finding a new place to live and like kind of like breaking out of your, out of your normal routine. So there actually is a deeper meaning to the story um, within all of the, uh, Herogasms and, and things of that nature. And it can kind of get lost in that, but you also know that some people don't like to read. All they want to do is look at the pictures and then make, or look at the title and then just assume that they know the entire series. Um, so, yeah, but like a lot of it is used, like a lot of the, the um, language and a lot of the imagery is used to keep people in. But if, if, if you actually sit back and read the book, there's also a lot of depth to it. And that was the part that really stuck with me. Because like, if the book it was just, I think it's called Frost, I think it is. There was one comic book where it was just completely and utter, like, just shock value for the, sake, for the sake of shock value. And I was like, I can't, I'm not reading that just for shits and giggles, man. Like, I need an actual story. I need actual memorable, like, quotes and lines and dialogue between people. And I think the boys did a lot of that. Issue uh, volume one was kind of like the feeling out uh, moment because you can even tell like the artwork wasn't even as good as it was as it went on. So when I found out that, that um, Seth Rogen was behind this, I was like, oh, perfect. <laughs> absolutely perfect. And then I found out that this, the guys from Supernatural are also also have a hand in this as well. I'm like, oh, this is this was a match made in heaven. Um, so. I I've told everyone like it's a damn it's a damn good book and Garth Ennis is probably one of my favorite writers of all time. He's written three of my maybe five or ten favorite uh, comic book arcs of all time and he hasn't let me down yet. So if he put something out, I was on it. And shout out to my homegirl Shenanigans for saying, "Hey, you'll probably like this if you read it." And then I just never went back. I 
I own it all digitally. I own most of them physically. So I'm all in. So we're going to be talking about volume one and we'll get to the other volumes uh, in our subsequent podcasts. Um, but I just didn't have time to read the rest of the volumes. Um, reread them. I read them a long time ago, but I haven't been able to reread them. Um, just a forewarning, if you haven't read the book, if you haven't read the boys, um, there is a lot of F-bombs and not fuck, but like the other F-word. Um, a lot of... <laughs> so you know what's funny about that is though? Because even with that, I like the fact that they called um, they called people out for using that word. You know what I mean? And what it means and how like evil and ugly that word is. They drop a lot of N-bombs too. But yes. it's funny when you when they do use it, it's like, oh, you are just the, like a disgusting piece of shit. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And what's funny is, go ahead. Oh, and I was going to say, the book, the book is very raunchy. Like, it is, <laughs> raunchy is it's an wrong. understatement. <laughs> it's, but when you read it, you can tell that they're, they're framing the people who are the raunchiest, for lack of a better term, in a negative light. They're not, they're not make, telling you these are good people. They're not telling you these are. It's funny because a lot of them are the quote unquote heroes, but they're basically showing you that like sometimes, you know, the hero in public is not the hero in private. Like that's to me that's that's the overarching story, uh, of the boys, um, and it's very very interesting, uh, how they do it. Uh, so. Let's just talk about some of the uh, the main characters in Volume One. Uh, Huey is one of the, is the first person you meet, really, and he's this Irish dude in the book. He's this Irish dude that's like with his girl, and I don't Scottish. know. In the book was it his wife? Scottish? Was the book was his wife? It was his girlfriend. Nope. It was his girlfriend. This in the book, girl. right? Yep. And so yep. they're just hanging out, and. This dude, this <laughs> this superhero A Train, is like chasing this villain, and he's got super speed, and he literally just runs right through his wife. He, he hits this villain, and the villain runs through her. <laughs> and when I say runs through her, like obliterates her to the point that when you, the next panel you see is just Huey holding his wife's hands with like her forearms, and then the rest of her body is detached. <laughs> I said, the first time I read that, I said, "What the fuck am I reading? What yeah. am I reading?" <laughs> um, but Huey is basically your classic, like, you know, uh, I don't, you know, this seems wrong, but I need to avenge my girlfriend's honor, and you know, but I, while he's doing it, he's like constantly picking up on like some of these things are wrong, while also seeing that like. Some of the things that he thinks originally is wrong ultimately is good, and the book plays you for that. What what do you think? What do you think about Huey in the first volume? Uh, I think Huey in the first volume was um, perfectly set up for um, everything, and not to skip ahead to um, the whole Starlight thing, but it was everything about him. I think is what you get from the series because while uh, Butcher. Um, while Butcher may be the most popular person in that character, Huey is obviously the star. He's the main focus. So he's everything that's really good about the world. I think he represents what, um, 
how a bad day can turn you into something you don't want to be. But a bad day can also lead you to um, a different part of your life. It can make you stronger. It can make you better. And sometimes you, um, for the lack of a better term, you have to get fucked before you can actually, like, you know, start pushing back and really become somebody. Yeah. And Huey, they basically, uh, he gets recruited to be a part of the boys. The boys is like this secret, like, unit in the CIA that, you know, goes around and keeps super, superpower people in check on the low. And they they trick him into giving him powers, which he wasn't too happy about. Um, and then they recall that, and they're just basically, he goes from there, and he's ro- rolling around with the team. So he's rolling around with Butcher. He's rolling around with um, – uh, woman, he's rolling around with what's the French dude, French dude name? Frenchie. Frenchie, yeah, yeah, Frenchie, and then the black dude. Um, so you just, he's <laughs> rolling around with those dudes, and by the way, that team is just so outrageous. Like it's just an outrageous team. Um, um, and he he's like the he's like the brains of of the whole thing a lot of the times. Like he's taking the pictures, he's doing like a lot of the tech stuff to get snoop snooping on people, uh, and he really becomes like an integral part of this team um, as you get throughout the book. Um, and so then the other point of view character that you see is Starlight, and you want to tell people about Starlight. Starlight is. Yep, she's um the, probably the epitome of naivety. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have like she had this whole idea like she was like super Christian, and like you know just believed that like everything was right and didn't know what the superheroes really getting into. And she was just everything was just like she like everything is awesome. Like that was like that was her. That song probably runs through her head. Excuse me, ran through her head forever. And she gets this wild shock within two minutes of joining the seven. And <laughs> what they made her, excuse me, not what they, yeah, what they made her do in order to like be part of that super team is easily one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in a comic book. And I'm glad they, okay, so we can talk about that. So they, they kind of did it in the show, but it's not, I mean, it's still bad. Don't get me wrong. It's not good. But it's not as bad as the book. So essentially what happens is, so the Seven is essentially like the Avengers in this world. They're like the heroes, or the Justice League more so, as a a better analogy. And uh, Outlander is like Superman. He's like, you know, the boy, to the public, he's like this Boy Scout, super powerful dude. He wears blue. He's got heat vision. Like He is a Superman allegory. It's what happens when Superman and Captain America have a baby. Yes. And, and he's basically showing them around their version of like the Watchtower or the Hall of Justice. And she's all super excited because she's the new member of the Seven. And she's talking and he's talking to her and he's super friendly and being Outlander. And then uh, next thing you know, <laughs> you see the next panel and he's got his pants dropped. And he's just basically like, <laughs> blow me <laughs> suck it yeah and then he's like suck it and then she's like what the fuck and then he's like 
listen. Uh, and then the other dude was like, A Train was there in the book. It was A Train and another dude. It was three of them. In, in um, Black Noir. Yeah. And they were all like, yeah, us two. <laughs> redundant name of all time, by the way. Yes, it is. <laughs> I love it. I love how they, they shit on, like, they cheese on the. Um, like on DC, like with Tech Knight, that's the funniest shit. Tech Knight. Oh my! I can't wait to get into that. <laughs> uh, so, but then they, uh, he, she, and then they, she's like, "So you guys are just gonna rape me? You're just gonna make me do this?" And they go, "No, we're not gonna make you do anything." Like, what do you? They basically go, "What do you think we are? Like bad people? No, we're not gonna make you do this." But you know, if you don't do it, you can't. You're not gonna be able to join the seven. You can go back to your little small town in Iowa, and go superheroing it up down there. But you won't be in the big leagues. And so they basically shame her into, you know, performing oral sex on all three of them. And then what makes it even worse is like you figure she gets some type of consoling from um, Queen Maeve, the only uh, other woman, only woman on that on team other than Starlight, mm-hmm. and she was like cold. Like, like, I don't give a fuck what you had to do. Like, you know what I mean? And it was like, dear God. But then, again, once you get once we get to the final uh, couple of volumes, you find out why she is so cold. And you're like, well, shit. Like, this is just... It, it doesn't matter who's on there. You're going to get fucked in some, some way, shape, or form. Because mm-hmm. they're <laughs> trash. Uh, so the little I've saw of the show so far, I said, oh, they're doing that. Now, I don't know if they go full there. So, like, at one point, Starlight, they make her get into, like, this super skimpy outfit and all this stuff. So, I don't know if they're going to go there on the show, but it gets pretty, it gets pretty like, depressing for Starlight. And then you get the interesting, the first time when Starlight and um, Huey, like, meet each other at the park. And they don't know each other. And that's, like, a really interesting, like, the first time they meet is, like, this really cool but interesting sequence. Because how they're having, not not the same thing, but they're having similar parallels in what they're going through. But the difference is, is as bad as the rest of the boys are, there it seems to be like more nobility to them than the seven. Even though the seven are considered heroes, would you say that? Uh, they're they're um. Their heroes like Fuckboy Forty Five is president. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best analogy I can give it because I wouldn't really call them heroes. They're they're um they're uh, you know what they are the ATM machines the ATMs they're basically just ways for bot America to make money because in the comic book I don't think we ever see them stop a crime. Who who. Uh, the seven. Oh, the seven. Yeah, I don't think they stop a crime at any point in time, at like during the series at all. I don't think they do anything noble. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, they're just even in the even like in a TV show, they basically turn superheroes into like this, you know, multi billion dollar company, <laughs> like this just marketing branding machine. Um, and you can you get you get that in the books too, and. Like it, and it starts. We skipped over this, but like Huey, when his when his girlfriend gets killed, they try to make him sign these papers, like this NDA. He was just like, "Fuck that! I'm not signing that." And 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 you later tell, you later find out that like these superheroes kill 
so many people and no one does anything about it. Uh, and he that basically was like, I'm going to go do something about it. Um, so why don't you talk a little bit about um, the boys going on their, you know, going on their missions to try to stop crying and then their first really – their first really main mystery with the whole Tech Knight saga. Uh, well, Tech Knight's another series. You want to because we can talk. I think it's a. Is it Teenage Clicks? Is it was that their first um, their first real big thing? I think that was Volume One. Oh yeah, was, Teenage um, Clicks was. But no, Tech Knight was in Volume One too. Oh, so you read like the like the the okay? I, I read out. the okay. collected version, so I read the first eighteen. Oh, okay, good, 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 good. All right. No, I didn't so, read first. I read the first fourteen. Sorry. Oh, this is great. So we can get in the tech night, too. Yes. All right. So the boys are basically your let, – let's take the standard part of it. They have, a, they have this random uh, sketchy van that they have a bunch of surveillance on. Frenchie, Huey, and the female usually do most of their surveillance from the van. Mm-hmm. Huey is usually there with, the Fren- with um, Frenchie and the female just in case something pops off. They have their muscle there. Uh, MM does a lot of their hacking and um, things of that nature, like, you know, and he's like their organizer. Like, his OCD is like crazy. Like, put kosher's on things. If you move something to happen in, she'll be able to tell. And, you know, I mean, that's just who he is. And Butcher is their leader, um, and he is a bastard. <laughs> yes. He's <laughs> hilarious, though. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite moments from the series, and the one of the members of the seven was like, "Shouldn't we, should we not join forces?" And Butcher cuts him off and goes, "Don't be a c-word all your life." <laughs> <laughs> it was, but it's like he's such a bastard. But like considering the things they have to do, you need a guy like that. You need someone who's going to be that hardcore. And I think Huey needed somebody like that to kind of toughen him up because he had this unrealistic um, version of what the world really is. Um, but when um, so that's what basically each one of the boys have their own um, role to play, and Frenchie and the female are like the muscle. But the good thing about Frenchie is he's actually a lot smarter than he um, makes it out to be. But playing that crazy role kind of keeps people off guard. Now, their first mission was they were trying to take out this group called Teenage Clicks. Um, and the first thing you see with Teenage Clicks is they're at this brothel and they're just having sex. But not just like randomly having sex. They're superheroes having sex with random people, but they're also but doing they're, but, random- but also, I need to add to this, they're also superheroes. Yes. So they're <laughs> So they're super fucking these women. And these, are, these aren't superhero women. Yeah, and they're so, random yeah. mortal women without powers who just happen to be getting paid to have sex. They're sex workers. And so they show them, like, hopped up on coke and all types of drugs to, like, deal with this shit. And it's just like a, like, it's just like a fucking scene. And they did it in the show. I couldn't believe it. Well, kind of, sort of. Well, a little bit. Yeah, they didn't really do it in the show. But that's that another thing you're going to notice. If you go back and read the books, right? There's going to be some assholes that are going to be like, uh, I haven't even watched the whole show yet, but I already know. There's going to be some assholes that's going to be like, I can't believe they left this out of the show. I can't believe they didn't do this in the show. And if you, and I'm telling you right now, it is a good idea that they did not do 
or won't do some of the things that's in this book on this show. You just can't do it. You you cannot do that in 2019. You can't. I absolutely agree. And if you and the um other part about this is it's like everyone who's mad about that. If you think about it, Endgame there was no there was no battle like that in the comic book like there was in Endgame. There uh, Spider Man Far From Home didn't happen. Like you know what I mean? These aren't stories that are in comic books. They're taking these characters and they're all we can ask for as fans is for them to be as close to the source material as possible and do right by the characters' personalities. From what I've seen, it's pretty spot on. They changed a lot, but it's still a really good show. But anyway, so, and we left out the, I guess, the quote-unquote best part of that scene is they were having sex and then yelling, switch. And they would all run into random rooms and then start having sex with the other woman. And then they yell out, switch. And then they would just do it again. I, and it... <laughs> It was some shit. So then, so um, they were ordered to kind of put them in check. They put bugs in their houses. They were uh, surveilling everything that was going on. You find out that three of the characters are gay. One of them is cheating on the other guy's boyfriend. You find out one of the women's a cutter. Um, they were stealing pharmaceutical. Um, they were stealing medicine from, like, dying kids while the like by distracting them with, like, a light show. It was... They let you know right from the get-go that these people are terrible. So you find out, they find a way to like uh, get into all this. The boys get caught. And this is the first time we actually get to see them fight. We finally see like what they can really do. And um, they beat the shit out of them. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't remotely fair. It would be like, uh, that fight was like Floyd Mayweather going up against a six-year-old kid. Yes. And then, okay, so then you also find out that, like, no, did you talk about, I I missed the last part, did you talk about Huey killing the kid? No. Okay, so then at the end, Huey is like, they're like, get him, get him, like, hit him. And he was like, no, he's like, hit him, hit him. And then he... (laughs) He fucking swings and literally like punches a hole through boy, the dude, and Huey is traumatized and he's just basically like, 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 what did I just do? Like, I just killed somebody. <laughs> and Butcher is such an asshole. He's just like, well, you know, sometimes you know, you gotta do, you gotta do what you gotta do. Like, all right, let's go get some beer, guys. <laughs> and I just move on. He was just mad that they were going to do what he was. Uh, now we're going to have one of those stupid, bloody funerals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It, it, yo, so, okay, so fuck it. Let's get to Tech Night. Because this is, Tech Night is. So, okay, so here's something else um, we mentioned earlier. Uh, these superheroes are based, uh, are um, parodies of the superheroes we know. Um, like, for example,. There's a guy they call like the man without fear, and we find out you know it's Daredevil. But then um, in one of the other future issues, he goes, "You can see." He goes, "Of course I can fucking see." <laughs> and so, um, but Tech Knight is essentially Batman. Uh, it's like it's like probably like Batman and Iron Man combined. He had a butler. He has like this giant cave. But that's not the interesting part about it. Would you like, because you want to talk about it, would you like to tell everyone what the big thing with Tech Knight is? 
So <laughs> basically, they they find that this this guy got killed. Like he got thrown off a um, building. And he's dead. And so Tech Knight, <laughs> you don't. So they're trying to find out like who killed this person. Uh, who who's the soup that killed him? And so they find out that the guy is gay. And so they start assuming, well, you know, of course, you know, the person who killed him must be like some, you know, lover that, you know, turned on him or something like that. And so they, they're they going through this whole thing and they and they find that they think it's like one of Tech Knight's um, Robins. It's basically his Robins. They call him, what do they call him, Latios? Yes. It basically like it's like his Robins. And so... <laughs> And so then uh you come to find out that basically Tech Knight, Tech Knight has this issue that he has to hump everyone in everything. Yeah, whether everything. It's, whether it's so, a person, an inanimate object, and even at the end an, an astro an asteroid. After no, no, no. starting right, because the first time you see him, he goes, I can't stop fucking things. <laughs> <laughs> Including his butler, including his Alfred. <laughs> uh, and he was just like, I'm sorry, is that the ear that I... And he goes, yes. I was like, ew. It's bad. Oh, it's, man. I, do they... Okay, I don't want to get stupid. Do they do Tech Knight on the show? Uh, we haven't seen him yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Woo, because I'm like, I, boy. I gotta, we're going to see Tech Knight. I, gotta, I have a feeling we're going to see Tech Knight. There's almost no way we don't. I'm like, how do you do that on this, like, tech night, really? Like, you're going to do that on the show? Uh, <laughs> uh, but okay, so I, good. I just feel like he's going to fuck things and not people. I think, like, he's just going to, like, ran, like we're randomly going to see him, and it's going to have, like, random fruit with, like, holes in it. Okay. Okay. That, that would be funny. Um, so, oh, shit. Okay. So then they basically, you know, the boys end up figuring it out, and they're like, you know, we know, uh, we know who you are. Like, you're you're gay, aren't you? You're secretly gay. And he's like, no. And so they end up finding out that it was this other hero that was supposedly, and this is what uh, old man we were talking about earlier is, they do these things. Um, they do these things where they they go off really like wildly, but then they always bring it back to like showing what's wrong with it. And so they they find this character that's basically uh, he's like the cop, the superhero that's like for the gay people. Like he takes pictures of all the gay people. He goes to all the gay bars. Like he's like the gay hero. But you find out that he's the most homophobic person there. Like he hates. He's super homophobic. And he's talking to this uh, one gay guy, and he's trying to be his hero persona. And he's like, well, tell me what's wrong, and blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, well, you know, there's this guy that I really like, and I can't, um, I'm scared to tell him. And so, what was the hero's name? That, what was his name? Um, uh, uh, swing Wing? Swing Wing, yeah, Swing Wing. And... Swing Wing's basically like, well, you know, you know, the best thing to do is just to tell that person, like, take their chance and go tell them. And if it's authentic, you know, they'll they'll respect it. If they don't like you, they'll respect you. And if they do, 
then you let it go. But you gotta let you gotta get that off your chest. You can't keep living with that. You know, trying to do the whole hero thing. And so the guy goes, uh, "Okay, um, well, the the guy that I'm talking about is you." And this motherfucker just fucking loses it. Just starts calling him all types of names and pushing him. And get away from me, and you you are like roaches and rats, and I can't stand your people, and I just put this show on because I have to, because it pays me, but I don't, really, I don't really mess with you people. And he gets to the edge of the building and knocks him off the building and kills him. Yeah. And uh, Butch and Butcher and the rest of the boys, they figure this shit out, and they show up to him. And Huey, this is where he first gets interesting. Huey thinks they're going to be like, this is going to fuck him up, right? And they come to find out, Butcher's like, nah, we're just going to blackmail this dude so that he can do the shit that we need him to do so we can find out more about what's going on with the Seven. And that's when you start to realize that, you know, you may think the boys are are protagonists, but they're, fu- they're, like, they're fucked up too. But here's the best part. Of, my favorite part about this was, and I, and I didn't pick up on this until the second time around I read it, um, you watch as he's talking to Swing Wing and he's unscrewing something from his jetpack. And it ends up, and you find out that he ended up, Butcher did that specifically because he knew that the next time Swing Wing used his jetpack, it was going to kill him. So he actually told Huey he was, he was trying to get information from him when realistically, as he was talking to him, he was actually setting Swing Wing up to be killed. What? Because I didn't even, even realize that. Yeah, go back and check it out. Like he's he pulls the screw out of one of it, and that's how he that's how his um backpack malfunctions. Because Billy Butcher, for all of his like uh, bastardness, if that's even a word, he has no tolerance for people like him. Like if you are going to be homophobic or racist or just an overall c word, he has no tolerance for people like that, and he will make sure that you pay for it. And he killed Swing Wing, and it was the funniest shit ever. And I was just like, oh, okay. So that's as far as I got. Um, was there anything else I was missing? What happened? Oh, maybe I did. What happened after the Tech Nine thing? What started happening after that? Maybe I did get past that. Uh, I feel like the next one was the one in Russia. Oh, I did start reading that. So yeah, they oh. they go to Russia. The love sausage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that big guy's name that was in Russia? This is big fucking jacked up retired superhero in Russia. Love sausage. Oh, that was his name? Love Sausage? Love Sausage. Yeah, so they go to Russia and they meet up with Love Sausage. And oh, they're there because it's this little tiny, yo, this show, man. Hold on, is that woman on the show? Not yet. Okay, God. Little Nina? Yeah, Little Nina. Yo, this show, man. <laughs> I, I mean, this book, I can't, man. So it's this little tiny woman. She's like like four or ten. And Not even. Yeah, she's like super small, but she's a, she's a grown woman. She's not like a kid. She's a grown woman, but she's she's in charge of the um, superhero like development, I guess, in like for in, other countries. Yeah, it's like in Russia, and she's like, and she's also in like a crime family in Russia type thing. And she's basically got like all. She's basically doing like this. She's basically like Amanda Waller. She like yeah. She has like these superheroes that she juices up with like this serum but the serum is unstable so eventually they're just going to explode and so apparently she's been told that the serum that she has can be controlled and they can decide when the hero is going to blow up or not 
but what's happening is some of these heroes are just blowing up randomly, uh, and they're not and they don't know. And she's got a secret person with the uh, Washington D.C. and like our like the United States government. And so the boys go out there to try to do some more investigating on this shit, and she tries to kill them. She doesn't succeed, uh, and I think that's where I ended. Okay. <laughs> do you remember how they took care of her? No, I haven't got there yet. Okay, I won't say anything. I, don't, I haven't gotten there yet when they got to her. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's uh, that's like the first twelve or fourteen issues. Oh man, of the boys. Hey, you know- you know what's funny? Because normally I have to, like, when we um, have these topics, I have to do research. I've read this book. i read this series so many times. I didn't need any research for this because I know it's sad that I know Little Nina and Swing Wing's names. <laughs> <laughs> the names on there are hilarious. Just ridiculous names. Barney <laughs> uh, Cock. Uh... <laughs> the woman's name is the female. The French guy's name is Frenchie. And then when you find out why Mother's Milk is called that, you're like, dude. It's 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 a really, really good book, but you've got to be willing to like read the book for what the book is and not get caught up on how ridiculous it is. Because, listen, uh, someone who's not a big-time comic book fan can easily – I'm telling you right now, if you listen to this and you just read comic books casually – if you read the book, if you read the boys, there's a good chance you you might get turned off because it is ridiculous. Like it's great, but it's 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 so over the top. I can't. I don't even know the word to describe how over the top that. But it is the most over the top comic book I've ever read. Like literally, it is. It's just violence and gore and sex and drugs and everything, everything all at once. So I, I just to Google over the top um, synonyms. Let's see: excessive, immoderate, inordinate, extreme, exaggerated, extravagant, overblown. <laughs> like it's all those things. <laughs> all of those things. It is. it is. But it's also very good. It's also very yeah. good. And everything that I've heard about the show is that the show is really good too. And so, so let me just. I want to say something about the whole like um, about the the series with Tech Knight. Is um, uh, Butcher kept making derogatory comments towards gay people, and Huey kept telling them how wrong it was, and blah blah blah. But then, like Butcher walks in, and he's like completely comfortable in his gay bar, and like in everything that's going on. And Huey is just like, like he's like sweating; he's so uncomfortable. And then Butcher calls him out on that. He goes, "You know, yes, I say some things that I shouldn't say." He goes, "But your um, your political the political act you put up is just an act." And calls him out on the bullshit. And it also, it also, but at the end of the book, you see Huey has has um, taken a look inside himself, and then becomes more comfortable around people with um who are not like him, who are who are gay. So it was kind of cool that they threw that in there that like these characters do grow. So they don't. None of these characters stay the same throughout the series. Like even like the female who says nothing uh, for ninety nine percent of the book has like a growing moment. Frenchie does. Mother's Milk does. Like all of these characters grow. So even if you're a casual comic book fan, I think you should be able to appreciate what goes on even in volume one. Like at the end of it where um, he asks why him and Butcher tells him like, you know, Homelander um, raped my wife 
and like you know explain like his anger towards the superheroes and then at the end of it he goes and i've always wanted a little brother and he kind of like um so they're playing with um his dog terror and oh we didn't even get into the thing what, what he made terror do to make um huey smile oh yeah yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> huey is in, so huey is in like a catatonic oh, state sitting on this bench and like butchers trying to talk to him and he's not really trying to hear it. and like and like they're talking and he goes i wish this dog would shut up and he goes and butcher looks at his dog uh pitbull right yeah, not so a bull, it's the bulldog. bulldog the bulldog and he looks at the bulldog and goes terror mate fuck it and terror literally just starts fucking this this poodle and it was the wildest shit i had ever seen in a comic book at the time and it was like, did they really just draw a pit bull fucking a poodle? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Garth <laughs> Ennis was... is a sick man. Oh yeah, I mean, but it's funny. Like you even, but like he is a sick man. But then like his run of Punisher Max was phenomenal. His run of um, uh, Fury Max is one of the five best books I've ever read. Man, like they combined uh, urban legend, fact, and BS of a uh, war in in America from post World War II to I think about 2012. And so they combined all that and like and Nick Fury's telling the story of, of like, you know, everything that happened. And it was like, oh my God, this is so good. And it had some real um, vulgar moments and it had some really like incredible lines. Like one part was he was having sex with um, this woman and she goes, you like my tits? And he goes, I like tits. It's just a bonus that you're attached to them. <laughs> And, and it's little shit like that, man. When like Garth Ennis writes, man, it's like he he's not afraid to be the guy to say and write to write those things and like and you know, make it happen. Like you know what I mean? I'm pretty. And it's probably why he's not on social media because he probably doesn't want anybody like adding him, saying anything to him. Uh, yeah. Anything else you got about the boys? The first twelve or fifteen issues. Um. No, I think we've pretty much said it all, man. I, I honestly think that people should read it. Uh, do yourself a favor. If you have never read the book, Google The Boys Love Sausage and Hit Image. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what, this is what, let's, let's talk about, uh, before we get out of here, let's talk about what we want to do for the next couple episodes because I think we should be able to be a little bit more consistent going forward. Uh, a lot of that's been me recently, so I apologize. Um with doing this uh, coding thing and working, but um, so we're definitely going to finish the next volume of the voice. So let's let's do one through. Let's do up to thirty six. Next issue, next uh, time out. Yeah, this will give me a reason to like re revisit the book, which is actually kind of funny because like, it's not like I need to, but I'll just do it because I want to. Just is so like a lot in my head. Let's see. Do is there anything coming out? Uh, we're not like I'm not reading a bunch of Joker stuff for the Joker. Plus, he already said it's not going to be anything about the comic book. So, uh, you you hate the Killing Joke, right? Yes, I hate it. It's horrible. <laughs> horrible um, book. Not so, just for how they treated Babs, but it also doesn't make any like the <laughs> like. Stop! 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 This should be an episode. That right there, just. We should just literally just talk about our feelings on. We'll do our two favorite Joker stories, and then we can talk about the Killing Joke. Because so I think the Joker comes out when? Um, September, I believe. Yeah, I think 
it's coming up soon. Let me see. Uh, October, isn't it? Yeah. October 4th. Yeah. So in a couple months. Oh, my um, girl. Huh? Oh, my girl's in this movie. Zazie Beats. Yeah, man. Yeah. They got a great cast. Robert De Niro's in the film. Mark Marin. Uh, I think it'll be a good film. I just don't know. Like, I just. I just. I don't know. I don't know. Tom Phillips had these. I mean, Todd Phillips had these quotes, and he's like. You know, this book, this film is not going to follow anything from the comic books. And he's like, we need to do something different than Marvel. He's like, we're going to be different. We're going to get kick-ass directors. And I'm like, Marvel gets kick-ass directors. And he's like, we're going <laughs> to tell stories. And I'm like, mm, they probably, they tell pretty good stories over there. And he's like, we're not going to use CG. And I'm like, okay. So basically, you are doing the Fox method, right? You're going to... You're going to take comic book characters that are well-known. This is your idea. Because he said he, he wasn't just talking about the Joker. He was talking about he wants to have a whole separate wing of DC called DC Black where they do this. So you want to take well-known comic book characters that everybody knows and then tell stories that don't follow anything that anyone knows about them. And then you want to not be a superhero film. You want to be something different. But you want to use superheroes and villains in your film to do something different. Yeah, Fox tried that. How'd that work out for them? What's even funnier about that is not only did not... Okay, I'm going to be the guy... I'm always like, all right, well, it could be an alternate reality. That's the way I look at a lot of these things. It could be an alternate reality and blah, 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 blah. My problem with this is the fact that he's making it a point to tell us this, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, why not just say, hey, we want to try something different. We want to try... Um, something called DC Dark. Cool. I get it. But here's the thing. There are a ton of characters they could use to do this without, like, like Constantine Dark. No one gives a damn about, like what Marvel did with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. No one cared about Guardians. And so James Gunn was like, I'm going to tell my own stories with them. Fine. No one cares. But you're taking, and I. Th- by the way, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna clarify this. I actually think this film is gonna be good. I don't yeah. think it's gonna be a bad film. <laughs> However, that is not indicative of the larger point. You're taking the Joker, what, the most popular comic book villain in the world? Probably. Like what? Who is it? Joker, Lex Luthor, and Magneto. Magneto. That's that's the three. That's the most popular. Okay. You're taking one of the three most popular comic book characters in the world and saying, I'm so cool, I'm going to tell a story that doesn't represent anything you've ever seen of this character. I'm going to tell a new version of this character. And guess what? It may be good. I think it's going to be good. But it's insulting to think that you, you, sir, you, director, you figured out the golden ticket. You, you're just, you're so much smarter. You're on another level than everyone else. Stupid idiot. Yeah, I'm going to be different. And it'll work with this film because this film is clearly Oscar bait. You can tell. Like, Oh, yeah. It oh, is, yeah. It is Oscar bait. That I, it is big time Oscar bait. And I think it'll be good. But here's the thing. If you try to extrapolate this with other films, it's not going to be good. It's not. It's not. What are you going to do next? You're going to take the Flash and try to tell a story about the Flash when he doesn't have his powers? 
You're gonna put that on the movies because, like, you're gonna take the book like when the Flash loses his powers, like in the comic books, and then that's the movie you're gonna tell. Let me oh let me do a Flash movie where he doesn't have his speed. That Dude, will be this interesting. Is, this is a dramatic version of Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah, and so <laughs> it's it's also, it's just very. I just feel like it's very insulting to you know real comic book fans, but. We'll see. So, okay, so we'll do that closer to when Joker comes out. So in Yo, between, Brandon. yeah. <laughs> that was not the drop I meant to play. <laughs> so um, that was not what I meant to play. I, I apologize for that. So uh, fuck it. I was actually looking. I was like, oh, here we go. Why so serious? <laughs> My wife hates that I have a drop thing now. She hates this shit. I want to do. Um, I want to do. Uh, I want to do. I want to do. A, I want to do, do a show in between our next boys episode. So we'll do that two up to. We'll do, you know, eighteen thirty six two episodes for now. So what do you want to do next episode in between our next time doing the boys? Are we still recording right now? Yeah, we're still recording. This is for right. the people. Uh, oh, this is for the people. Well, the people are gonna have to be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have some ideas actually, I, um, but I don't they don't people don't want to know how the sausage is made. They just want their food in a plate. So oh, I got okay. some ideas. We can, talk, we can talk about that off. Oh, air. you uh, don't want to tell? Okay, cool. No, 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 no. They're just gonna have to wait for the episode to drop and then read the description and hit download. Okay, cool. Okay, so that wraps up our episode about the voice. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe. You should have done by, done this by now. Make sure you go subscribe to the Old Man Wade Show. Uh, yeah. What did you do your last episode? Uh, well, the last, I actually have about five episodes in the tank. So if I don't want to record for the next month and a half, I don't want. I don't have to. But uh, the next episode is going to be with my homegirl, um, venomously, venomously me, uh, where it's um, continuing the summer of sex. So that's going to be a fun one. We got into. I'm actually looking up the docket now. But um, this one is going to be super fun. It was me, uh, my wife, the Valkyrie, and here we go. Um, we got into getting oh, – wow, did we really talk about that shit? Uh, <laughs> uh, we got into like support from our friends and uh, things uh, women wish guys knew about sex, what's great, what's annoying – uh like nostalgia sex and like it was just like a bunch of like just like randomness that we really got into um because we were just like you know what, let's just fuck it let's just have some fun with um with this episode and just we just talk and what ended up what it was going to be a 30 minute episode ended up being i think like an hour and a half or something like that okay so definitely like i love that show i think i'm two episodes back on uh, your show. The last episode I listened to, oh, you said something ridiculous. Um, you got. You're gonna have to like. You're gonna have to, <laughs> and I said something ridiculous. <laughs> it was uh, you and Javi there. Oh, me, Javi, and my wife and his wife. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Did you peep the um uh, Charmaine's drop? The <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Uh, but no, man, yeah, the the little man in the boat. Yeah, the little man in the boat. Yes, yes, that was it. Yes, that was the episode. 
Oh, he was making fun of Javi uh, having uh, preparing for sex like Jason Bateman. Yes, Jason that's Bateman. what it was. That's what it was. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking about. Yes. So yeah, I'm a little. I'm two episodes back, but yeah, that's one of my favorite shows to listen to. I listen to it at work. Um, definitely, definitely subscribe to that. And then we haven't done a show on the Watson Series podcast in two weeks. We recorded the show a week and a half ago. I've been so caught up with this app, I didn't even put it out. I'm supposed to be recording a Lion King review with Rashani and Stephanie. I got to schedule that with them. Stephanie's supposed to be coming on the show this week for my birthday. Um, so we'll schedule. I got to schedule that. So we got to get a show out. Uh, we're supposed to be doing. Oh, you, you know the thing. One of the things we're doing. Me, Devin, Mike, Charmaine, and Stephanie are all going to watch the series finale of Gotham with no context. Because Charmaine and oh Stephanie have never watched Gotham. Huh? Can I get on this? I've seen three episodes and they were all in season one. <laughs> yes. So, so, yeah, Charmaine and Stephanie has never watched Gotham. I stopped at season two. Mike stopped at season, season three because it was so bad. And so all we've heard is the rumors about the terribleness that's happened since then. And so we watched the last time they were on together, we all watched the trailer for the series finale. And we said, we should watch this just cold turkey. And review it, and so we're going to be doing that coming up soon. Uh, so okay. that so we got another person. We have old man Wade on this, so that should be a lot of fun because I just can't imagine. I can't like I can't imagine how ridiculous that series finale is. I just cannot. So I cannot wait to see that. And then I just found out that Pennyworth is in the damn Gotham universe. Yeah, not that I was going to ever watch Pennyworth. And by the way, I heard it was good, but why? Why is there an Alfred Pennyworth show? Like why? Just what? Already- you said what? It's already out. Yeah, it's on epics. Yeah, I, I heard it was good. You know, but you know, this is just like the Joker. Just because it's good does not mean it should happen. And nothing should like. There's no reason to do an Alfred Pennyworth show. None. And then to tell me it's in a Gotham goddamn universe. Mm-mm. I'm not watching. That. You're not. There's nothing you can do to get me to watch that. Right. So yeah, thank you, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will be more consistent on dropping shows on here. Uh, make sure you subscribe to both of our other podcasts, and we will be back in a week or two with our next review. Thank you. I mean, I our next podcast. Command!